Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Cinema Files White Radio. Thank you very much for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. We have a very special guest today, Sally Christensen. We can't wait to speak to her from Argent Clothing. She's clothed some of the most amazing people in pop culture today. From <laughs> Poppy Holloway, from Hillary Clinton, from Aquafina, uh, Darcy Carden, which I love from The Good Place. So we can't wait to speak to her today. How was your week? Was it amazing? How was your Valentine's? Give us a call. 515-602-9609. Ask your questions. How was your Valentine's? Do you treat your woman or man properly? you have a good time? How were the Oscars for you? Did you think they went the right way? Give us a call. Was it Parasite? Was Parasite your favorite movie? It certainly was in mine. 1917 was mine. And I picked 1917 and Parasite won everything. You know, I'm going to argue about that, by the way, real fast, before I bring on my guest, because she's right here right now, waiting for us to catch her on. But I'm going to argue this point really fast. If you believe that Parasite was fully worthy of winning the Oscars for everything they got this year, then you should have been fully on board when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out about 10 years ago and didn't even have a lick of a chance. So that's... Well, that's something that I would ask. And those of you who are calling in and clicking in, I recommend you stop doing that. <laughs> Call into the radio show if you want to have a question in here. We have uh, Sally Christian in right now. Let's, let's bring her in. Hey, Steve. Hey, Sally. How you doing? Uh, good. How are you? Good. Well, hold on. Let's bring the audience in here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Somebody just texted me right now saying her last name does not have an N in it. And I'm like, I don't think I said an N, but I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> people, How are you people doing? People mess it up all the time. I'm I good. Know. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, you know, you, you've dressed some of the most incredible people in the world. And we want to get to your company. We want to get to where you've gone through. We want to go through all that stuff. But a little later on, at first... I want to discuss, like, you know, where you, you know, are you an LA native or are you a North Carolinian? <laughs> South Carolinian. I was born oh, and raised in South Carolina. Uh huh. Wow. <laughs> okay, it was North Carolina to me right away, but it's South Carolina. So you're you're from the a little bit more like tip toppy Carolinas, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, call it what you want. I uh, I was I. 
was born and raised like on the border with Georgia. So I grew up in oh, yeah. Savannah just to give people a reference. Oh, is that why you went to school in Georgia as well? Yeah, yeah. Because you were so close yeah, to that. So how was, how was it like? Every day. <laughs> how was it like being born? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider South Carolina not being a, a registry for clothing. I'll be honest with you. I mean, they, they do have like Sunday clothing. They do have things like that. But what was it like being born in South Carolina, being who you are today? I mean, I, I know it wasn't always clothing, but it was, a lot of times it was business. Yeah, I mean, it certainly shaped who I am. I grew up on a farm. Um, it was wonderful. I spent a lot of time outdoors. Uh, I think uh, a lot of who I am definitely stems from my childhood. Um, so, yeah, it was great. I haven't lived there, though, since graduating. Right. Well, okay, let me take that out. Yeah, from school. Like, I haven't lived there since school. <laughs> so, right. Since then, it's all been California for the most part. But was it pretty much like an average childhood, like school and just come home and be with your family and what have you? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was your was your family a big part of your life? I mean, considering like what you've done in academics and what you've done in business, was your was your family a big part of your existence? Uh, big time. I think. I mean, I think that's true for anyone. But um, I'm just I'm very close to my family. They're still there, yeah. so I go back. You know, every once in a while, but you know, I talk to a lot of people in Hollywood, and that's that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> sometimes it's oh, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's, sometimes it's very dysfunctional, and sometimes it's very clean. It really depends on who I'm talking to. But you had a very good experience with your family growing up, huh? I, yeah, I'm spoiled in that way. I would say, yeah, I have. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have an awesome family. I uh well, I think fantastic. they keep me grounded though in a lot of ways too. They're not they have they're more they just want me to be happy. So with everything that I'm doing now, they're more concerned about, you know, family and happiness, whatever makes you happy. Oh, that's amazing. So where did you go where did you go to high school? Uh I went to Savannah Country Day in Georgia. Oh <laughs> That's funny. So somebody I just had on recently went to the same school you did. I don't know what the name is, but I'll bring it no to you. No way. Yes. So that's what that's what just made me laugh. But 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 tell me about tell me about how how school went for you. Was was school how was now how was you you growing up in school? Now, a lot of people would say clothing, clothing, clothing. But I know you came from more of an academia background, more of a business background, and this kind of thing. Growing up, were you were you into fashion? Were you into academics? No. Were you into like mathematics? What were you into? Yeah, I mean, I liked school fine. I think I, I was decent at school. Uh, I was good at school until I went to undergrad, and then that was more about the social side of things. But yeah, I've always been right. a pretty good student. Um, fashion <laughs> has never really played part of the equation. Like that just hasn't been. That wasn't as much a part of my background, which I think makes me like our customer more than, you know, the fashion leader, creative side of the business. Well, that's really interesting because you've gone to some of the greater schools out there and you worked with some like you worked for Johnson and Johnson and what have you. These are uh-huh. some gigantic companies in the planet Earth I and mean, they have to have trust in you. So one, you, you have to have a great personality and B you have to have some kind of academia that they, they trust in. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, 
So I went to Furman University for undergrad and studied business administration, uh, which is a great school, less less known out here. It's a liberal arts school, probably like 2,100 students or something like that. Um, so right. fairly small, but my high school was small, so it seemed huge to me. Um, right. and, and then from there, like, I, I think that I just possess, like, really strong work ethic, and um, that sort of opened a lot of doors for me. Is there something about your youth that made you want to work in such large environments where you were in control? Uh, I was just attracted to, like, the opportunity to learn always. So anything that felt like a challenge to me was something that I'd sort of run towards. Right. I think that's largely shaped my career. And just coming from, like, a world where, you know, in the South, like, there isn't a lot of industry. So uh, you kind of think that you have to be a banker or a doctor or a lawyer growing up. Right, right. Business is is really a small subset of um, the people that I was surrounded by. And so I was always attracted to business, like, from day one of life. And then getting the chance to work at some of these big companies was just a dream to me. Right. Right. I, I would think so because fashion comes from, I would believe, I mean, just from my like basic Mongolian brain, like Los Angeles, New York, Miami, these kind of places. I would never think that, mm-hmm. you know, and I am totally ignorant to this, of course, but thinking about North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Atlanta, I wouldn't think clothing is like their, their big shtick. I would think business business ratio would be part of their more basic kind of concept of, of how life should work. Am I wrong? Um, no, I mean, I think business in general, like Atlanta's a bigger city, Charlotte's a bigger city, but in general, like for me, I was raised in the South, but didn't really spend any time working there, you know? Right. Right. And so, when, when, did, when, when did you start like interv- interv- interviewing outside of your field of interest? Because I, mean, I, I know you worked at Cisco and you worked at Cisco uh-huh. for, for, for quite a long time. And then you moved out of there. I listened to a couple of your interviews. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of get hard to gauge. I was looking at your, you know, a lot of people that I've interviewed <laughs> before, <laughs> a lot of people I've interviewed before, they have IMDBs and they have bios and they have things all over the place. And for you, I had to, I had to like literally listen to interviews, and 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 read pieces of paper in order to get facts about you in order to talk to you. So it's it's kind of like one of those things where I, I don't know quite how to gauge, like how to yeah. how, how to engage. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, it's just funny to me because it's a very as an LA perspective for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, you just my, L.A. perspective. Look at that. Oh, you were, I mean, oh your I, first insult. Look IMDb at that. Isn't that sweet? Is, <laughs> an IMDb page is not something standard from in my world. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, my path is fairly nonlinear, that's for sure. I started just, in Go ahead. I started in, in banking, which, yeah, banking. I mean, yeah, uh, like. Uh, that was in 2007 during the recession. Like it was a really, really great time, honestly, to get into banking where I didn't have much to lose and just had so much to learn. Um, so right. it all like goes back to that. And then uh went and got my international MBA from South Carolina and lived in Germany for a year as part of that and worked at Daimler, um, which is a wow. huge car company. They own like, you know, Mercedes, Chrysler, Daimler. I think they've rolled off some of those assets and then sure. um, worked at Johnson & Johnson as, as I was finishing up and then got hired at Cisco uh, was working there where when I like 
I think across all of my experiences, I've been frustrated by the fact that no one made workwear accessible and as simple of a concept as it sounds like, it's actually a big deal. And I read a study in 2014 while I was at Cisco that showed that women are judged based on appearance. And for the first time, they quantified the impact of what you wear on your bottom line of your life. No. Where did you read that from? It was an HBS study. That is incredible. HBR, I guess you should technically technically say, yeah. So um, most women I tell that to, they just like kind of nod. They're like, yeah, that makes sense. And like, it's just, it's crazy. Um, So the fact that one, like the clothes feel like they really don't exist. It feels like no one's really thought about the working woman coupled with the fact that um, it does have the potential to have such a significant impact on your career trajectory that led me to quit and start Argent. So um, I think like, we have like ancillary ties to, you know, to Hollywood and that we have been fortunate enough to dress a lot of women um, that are here, that are working here and negotiating contracts here. We're dressing women for shows, et cetera. But um, beyond that, my direct experience is not probably not as, as common as you would hear on the show. No, we want to hear the uncommon. I want to, I want to hear your entire story. <laughs> I, I, but you know, like I listened to your other interview, uh, like they're, they're very interested in hearing the mathematical perspective of your career. Um, what your, what your output was in your career right now. Um, the clothing line that you focus, but I want, I want to hear more about like how you grew up, how people like lifted you up, who lifted you up, what your inspirations were. These are the more of the questions that I have. Because sure. I, can, those, I think those answers are very easy to get. I'll be honest with you, those last answers. Uh, if you go on any TV show, I'm easy to get to those answers right away. But, like, uh, for, intera- for interest, you know, like, your mother. Like, how, how influential – and, like, I know for a fact, you know, your mother is very, a in, in, very interesting person in your life. And uh, she has a very good sense of humor. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, because when I was talking to my when I was talking to my girl who, who also gets clothing for you, you guys are both interested in the coroner's office, like the, the coroner's buyer's market and what have you. And I love that. I love that stuff too. I love that stuff. Oh my god! When you get the outline stuff, you get the outline shirts. I love that stuff. But it, it, it made it made me laugh when you guys were into that. Yeah, I I mean I just think we. Yeah, I mean, I just have been raised to not take anything too seriously, and then right. um, I don't know. I think I'm just like intrigued by it. I don't even know why. I just sounds <laughs> cool to me, you know. Like what? A, it's yeah. fascinating to even have a gift shop. Yeah, it isn't. It is very fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I I, I I grew up in Los Angeles, and I grew up near the Fashion Institute here in Echo Park downtown, and I went there myself. Oh, cool. But I went, uh-huh. yeah. But I, I went to school there when I was a, a little boy, and back then it was if you're not a size zero or a size one, you're a fat pig. And it yeah. was constantly is constantly stable. And you remember ninety one? I mean, I don't know if you remember ninety one, but uh, ninety one was definitely one of those ages. Ninety one, eighty nine, ninety, and I couldn't take it. I really couldn't handle it because most women I yeah. knew were like fours and sixes and sevens and stuff like that. So I, I really could not handle fashion, which which I really originally wanted to get into, because I thought it was too shallow. But the yeah. world has is, is, is changed so much since then. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Like I, 
we all have a stereotype or like that we attach to, I guess everything, but to fashion specifically. And for me, I always challenge the status quo and I always like to look at things differently. And like, we're building Argent very differently, you know, because I don't come from that background. And I actually think that the issue of like workwear and solving for all the pain points that I experienced almost needs to come from the customer because the industry has been caught up in doing it like a certain way for so long and this category has been perceived as unsexy and like the list goes on and on, but, and there are a lot of male executives and it just feels very backwards and broken. And I think that's led to not, not just in fashion, but it's led to so many disruptive companies and us being one of them. And I think that when you come, when you come at it with a new lens and come at it open-minded and really like challenging challenging the norms um that's where a lot of companies are finding success and that's certainly where we found success right well when i look at when i look at origin clothing it is very uh beautiful it is very shiny colors very wonderful and i see the people that are very interested very huge popular culture human beings i mean gigantic hillary clinton uh aquafina uh you know uh just just going on and on and on. These people are incredibly popular. Uh, Ka- uh-huh. Kamala Harris, who's in California right now. I mean, those are, inc- uh-huh. those are incredible concepts. What, what, what attracts them to your clothing? I think it's a combination of things. I think one is the fact that these clothes really haven't existed. Colorful, versatile, functional, quality suiting, truly at any price point hasn't existed. Um, and then I think the layer on top for us is like the brand and what we stand for. And so our brand really like exists to give women confidence through our products, through all of our messaging, through all of our visual inspiration. Like it's just really intended to just connect with our demographic, which is the working woman and the professional woman. And like all of these women though they work in different industries have been underserved for far too long. And so, um, I think that's where we really connect and it's, you know, it's, it's them aligning themselves for like with one, like the clothing's really special and it's accessible finally for the first time, but two, right. like really wanting to support the brand and, and who we are and, and what we're, what we stand for and who we're, you know. Well, like, what's very interesting about the comments you're making is that Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris, who are very, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a huge obsessive compulsive about politics they were very off-putting for a very long time in politics but since they found this new fashion critique and i'll be honest with you people really love them people love this new side of them people love this new art of them the new color of them uh-huh. do, you, do you think it has something to do with argent oh i don't know that i can take credit for that i think um secretary clinton has always embraced style and fashion and actually has some pretty remarkable like fashion she's been amazing over the decades yeah yes. so over the decades that she's been in the public eye uh and then kamala i think i i i think hillary clinton's interesting because she really set this a new standard for female politicians and i think that that's like permeated more broadly across all industries which is like right be bold stand out wear color like express yourself and be true to who you are don't just blend in and, and be in the background uh right. and i think the way that you dress like really can it really can make people pay attention and i think that's what she's um i think that's what she's been hyper aware of for a long time and then um obviously like our bold patterns our bright colors 
really align well with that and what we stand for. Like it all just aligns very much with that. And we were doing all of these things before, I mean, still before, like no one else is doing it, you know, like what we offer is truly unique. So um, I I think it's, it's more about us fitting it, like kind of filling a void that, that she and, you know, Kamala and the list goes on or have all been experiencing for forever myself. Well, I've seen Darcy Carden, who is in The Good Place, where, where you're clothing oh, yeah. as well. And I, I, I love her to death. I love The Good Place. When somebody told me yesterday they did not like The Good Place, I almost questioned my friendship with this person. <laughs> I, I, shouldn't tell you, I shouldn't tell you about my experience with The Good Place, then. No, you don't, you don't like The Good Place? No. no. I watched a few episodes like back in the day and was like, this is awful, won't last, and now it's like however many this is later so this is what everybody says to me <laughs> i'm telling you <laughs> the first four episodes the first six episodes are not what the show was about when you watch the full series it, it like tricks you it's it's a a non sequitur if i want to if, if i can say that yeah, yeah. it's really like yeah. takes you really off guard and it goes into a different area <laughs> it really is a beautiful <laughs> I, I I love Darcy Carter. I hope she's listening right now. I've posted her so much, so much about this show right now. But you know, I'm I'm telling you right now, it's a wonderful show. I hope I hope you give it a second chance. I don't, <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's getting a second chance for me. But I appreciate that perspective because it was definitely shaped on those first however many episodes. And I, I've always been shocked that it's lasted as long as it has. And they have like a cult. Really? And they're just like diehards. I know, yeah, I'm I'm a killer for that show. I would I would I would I would uh, bring my puppy to heaven with that show, without a doubt. <laughs> that, that's oh, Darcy Carden <laughs> was um in Bombshell recently though too. I don't know she was in that. Bombshell, yeah. She was in yeah. Bombshell. She's in um the other show with with uh, what's the name on HBO. I mean, she's just a, a wonderful actress. She's so fantastic, and and Aquafina yeah, cool. as well. I, I love seeing. Oh, yeah. You dress Aquafina because Aquafina is like one of my. She has a, her show on on the comedy a comedy network right now. Yeah. Her show is hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. She's hilarious. I mean, do you follow she, her on Instagram? I mean, even just her short, I do. Like she, just like the small. She's she's really funny. She's hilarious, man. She really she really knows how to poke fun at you. Like she does last thing about like having a uh, like a a. a uh, Banking account. She's like, who needs a banking account? What do you mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm certified dead. I, I'm here. <laughs> She's like, if you haven't used your bank account in less than six months, She's like, who cares about that? So, Aquafina, you know, there are so many people that come into comedy that that you know, the people are like, you know, they're the fresh ones, they're the new ones. You, you got to see them. But Aquafina is one of those very few ones that you watch and you're like, yep, she's absolutely yeah. a, a clear winner for like new people coming into the show, but not only, not only her, I mean, she's not the only person you worked with in pop culture. You worked with, Hil- you know, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, as well as, as, uh, um, what's her name from, uh, Jane Fonda. You worked with Jane Fonda, right? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Amy Poehler. That's another one of my favorites. <laughs> listen to you. Listen Lily to you. Singh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I'm like, hey, yeah. Who else? Um, yeah, who, I mean, else just, who else did I work with who sat on a tank in Vietnam? Hmm. Let me think about it a little bit. It's a real. Yeah. Go ahead. It's an incredible. I mean, it's an incredible group of women. I think like the women that were dressing. Um, 
across the board are unbelievable. Like it's this powerhouse set of women yeah. and they're all really like changing the game and you don't know them all by name, but like, oh, they're that's amazing. Why we exist, you know? Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, yeah. you did for Grace and Frankie, Darcy Carden, you did Amy Poehler. I mean, I was going to get to Amy Poehler a little later on because I want to think about yeah. Amy Poehler because I love her so much in Parks and Recs. She has a new show coming up as well. I love her so much. Hillary Clinton, Angela from The Office, uh, Angela Kinsey. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Jane Fonda, you know, Poppy Harlow, Olivia Nunzi. You know, you, you've done so many great people in popular culture that everybody loves. And I, I think now when I see your clothing, I can recognize it almost immediately, which is hilarious. Thank you. And I, I yeah. asked somebody just the other day, I, I, th- I thought I saw your jacket on, on, on somebody on, uh, on the David Spade show. I'm like, that's her jacket. And they're like, that, that, that's a jacket. That's a, that's a different jacket. And when you look at <laughs> the inside, it doesn't have your pockets. And it was a different yeah. jacket. But I could have sworn for a second there, it was your jacket. I love that. I, it's, I mean, they certainly are. Like, we have a point of view, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah. women have a point of view, and that's our intention. And a lot of women that wear our jackets, like, always write, write in or, like, like will tell us just how, how positive all the feedback that they're getting is. Right. Um, we really rely on word of mouth. Um, right. And we really rely on women just, like, really enjoying the experience of, like, wearing something quality, getting the functional aspects out of it, you know, like having the pockets, not having to carry a handbag or, you know. Right. That's like the the easiest example, and then just um, <laughs> just like getting compliments, like you know, it feels great. You just like if you and you feel great, and you carry yourself differently, and you just enjoy your day more. So that's really that's really our. Well, goal. you're 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 very easy to contact. I mean, you're very easy for us to get this done. Not to mention the fact that we we have people that are you know in common. But do you do you feel like that's a part of your uh, your main to frame is being personable, being part of the industry, being close to people? Yeah, I think that's part of any founder success is being really like in touch with what's happening at every level um, and like committing yourself to that. And everyone's different, but. I, I like similar to the brand that we're building. Like I like to consider myself accessible. Um, I'm like crazy in that I'll say, you know, yes to things that most people probably wouldn't like I've done. Right. I've done things that make no sense, but like it's all and it's all towards this like singular goal of making our successful. So like this interview. Yes. Founders are like that. <laughs> I think most founders are like that, or, or good founders. They are, but you know, you're you're following a very Japanese pattern of of, of people in business who are very meek and, and very humble, and are bringing themselves into. A, I mean, they're parts of huge companies, but their mindset is very humble, very meek, being part of the group. Do you find yourself being part of the Asian culture in that way? Do, do you know the Asian culture that well to know that you're? acting very much like a Japanese CEO? Uh, yes and no. I don't know that I would – like, I think Japanese culture is – it's, like, my absolute favorite. I love yeah. – in Japanese fashion, is my absolute favorite. So we yeah. actually get compared to, um, like, that – like, the way those women dress a lot because, I mean, this – Arjun would be a hit in Japan, and yes. honestly, anything in Japan just – like all products that come from Japan are my favorite. Well, I'm, I'm so, Japanese. My um, I'm Japanese myself, and the way you contacted with me, and the way we, ta- we the way we talked, I mean, you're the CEO of this company. It was very Japanese. Yeah. 
It was very, yeah, this person's very, very cool. together, very hip. She's very uh, powerful, but very down to earth. She's more than willing to push her, push her project, but also willing to take the hit for something that went wrong. Very Japanese. <laughs> I'll take it. I've never, I've never had that comparison made, but I'll take it. I've, I mean, as I said, I'm very, very into Japanese culture, so I find it to be a huge compliment. Yeah, I mean, at business school, we do learn about a lot of, um, like I say, international business. So we definitely learn about a lot of other cultures. Um, We do a lot of business studies with, you know, international companies, et cetera. So I have like some exposure, no firsthand exposure. Well, I find I find your personality to be quite exciting and and very relative to to what we're doing. I mean, you know, you have these really wonderful jackets that are very colorful. The pink jacket in specific is a very wonderful yeah. jacket that I've seen so many people wear and that I, that I personally want myself. And I've seen, <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I, I've amazing. seen. You know who I saw wear one that was very similar? It was um, what's his name? It was um. God, he's in a new Sonic movie right now, but he was in, in Ace Ventura and uh, and in uh, Cable Boy, uh, Cable Man, Jim and, and uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was wearing the same exact jacket like two nights ago, and I no could have way. sworn it was it was on David Spade's show and I, late at night, and I could have oh, sworn yeah, it was what? your jacket. And I looked right at my girl, and I'm like, "Is is is that is that their jacket?" Because that looks exactly like the jacket, and it was somebody so else's awesome. jacket. Yeah, but it looked yeah, exactly that, like your jacket. That suit has been iconic for us, for sure. Um, we've had so much success with it, and it's just for reference for anyone listening. It's like it's our, and I'm not exaggerating. It's like our electric pink suit. It's like a neon pink, very bright. You cannot <laughs> miss it. And women love it. Like I have women that come in, and we have so many like. We have a we have a wide variety of options, and like our goal is to really appeal to um, different tastes and different appetites for color, you know. And for some reason, right. like this is the magnet. Um, at this point, I think we have maybe like one left, something like that. Like it's just been so incredibly popular, and it's been so encouraging for me because it's um, it really is just so bold, you know. And it's like it's so much. It is very bold. Support and encourage as a brand, yeah. Well, what's funny about that is I've seen so many people. So I've heard so many women tell me that pink sucks. They hate pink. I'm not a pink kind of girl, and like I'm a pink kind of guy. I love pink. And now all of a sudden, that <laughs> all these women all of a sudden are like, I'm a pink kind of girl. It's like since when? Since, yeah. since you found the the pink you like? I never I never rule out a color personally. Like I think yeah. everyone has colors that work for them or don't work for them, but. Right. Um, in general, I'm not going to swear off a color. And we're not like, I think in the traditional sense, we're not like a pink company, you know? Um, right. But this this shade just works. Like, it's very us. And it's well, I definitely very, see you guys, I want to encourage. I definitely see you guys as a, a, a clothing line that definitely looks at shape more than color. But your colors are very distinctive. I mean, you oh, go color. For, we look at color. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean they're beautiful. You go for the very sh- shiny green, the like the the, the green grass, the uh, sky yep. blue, and the 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 pink. I don't even know what to say. What's in nature except for the child child pink's face? But it's like it's like it's almost like the the squeezing of a, of a child's face, pink. Very beautiful. Yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we are definitely known for our color. Like we're, yeah. and yes, our silhouettes, yes, our style, but like color is where we really set ourselves apart. And color is so specific. Like we've had people try and copy us or try and knock off certain shades of, you know, whatever color that we've launched. And you, you cannot do it without an eye for it. And so I'd say it's one of our like unfair advantages is just our ability to identify what color is going to be popular before anyone else is doing it. And like, you see that pink happening now we launched it, you know, more than a year ago. So we've just always, we're always ahead on color for sure, but you don't want to be too far ahead either because then you're just sort of sitting with it and waiting. Well, I have to ask you, Sally, I mean, you've had the mind for business. You had the mind for different things throughout your entire life what what made your mind go into fashion? Because you're not the designer, you're the CEO. Yeah, so I, I it really for me stems more with like from my values, you know. Um, like I saw a problem, I saw no one solving it in an interesting way, and so I after sitting back and like watching it for so long, just had to do it myself because no one else was. So I think there are a million things that I could be doing for sure, but this is what I want to be doing. Are you there, Sally? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Hey, Sally, we we got cut off somehow. I love live radio. <laughs> I, I love I it just, so much. <laughs> I you thought can, we might have gotten cut off, and I just kept talking. I was like, "Well, I'm just you, talking." You, 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 you can hear me. <laughs> you can hear from my heart right now. I just love live radio so uh-huh. much. <laughs> so, so now that we're back on together, let me go back to my original question, which is, uh, I, and I, I hope to God you didn't answer it so so far. But here's my. Did you hear my question before that? Oh, I answered it. Uh huh. Oh yeah, my God, you, you answered why. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you asked why this, essentially. Why this? Um, yeah, so my my background is, um, I, I mean, it's in business, as I mentioned. I mean, shopping for workwear has, like, always been a personal pain point of mine, and I've, I've sat back right. and I've watched other companies, like, solve it in a way that just wasn't right. Like, it continued to be a check-the-box. It seemed to be an afterthought. It just continued to be a frustration for me and my peer group as a, um, like, as a pain point, you know? So... Right. And and what I mean that by that is like just finding one finding anything with pockets, two finding anything with color, three finding anything that's flattering or quality. Like there it just and four being able to find it at all. Like it was always just a headache. There was like no go-to, there was no one-stop shop. Um so that I would define as like accessibility. Um so hmm. I 
I think I was frustrated that no one else was doing it and I knew that I could do it if no one else would. And then I read this study um, and saw an opportunity to pursue this in a way that aligned very much with my values and like what I stand for and give women something that like wasn't being offered and um, that would really truly and measurably have an effect on their career trajectory. So uh, it was really, it was really about, I think aligning my work with like my values, which is a super millennial thing to say, but it's true. No, that's it's, it's amazing that, you know, there's a lot of people who get frustrated by what they're censored with, but by what they see, by what they've experienced, but they don't do anything about it. But you oh, have yeah. done something, you, you know, you have done something with that. So are, do you consider yourself a millennial or am I, am I a, a uh, what, what am I? Let me see. What am I? Gen X? What are you? I'm hmm. are you Gen X? No, maybe I'm, I'm a, a millennial. What, I'm what, do you, what do you call those old guys? What do you call those old guys? A baby boomer? <laughs> no. Oh, a boomer. Oh, a boomer. <laughs> You're not a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're Gen X, aren't you? I'm going based yeah. off of some of the dates you shared earlier. <laughs> I am Gen X, yeah, but I'd rather be called a boomer. That's really interesting. I love that stuff. You know, it's funny is we always thought the the generation the generation of boomers w- were the ones who destroyed the earth, but quite honestly, I, I do did. think it's not <laughs> actually. It's not. I think it's my generation that destroyed everything, and the reason why is because we knew what they were doing wrong. And we had every chance to fix their problems, and we didn't do anything about it. You know, so I'm, uh, I'm not going to – Yours is a shorter – a small generation there. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not going to blame boomers. We knew – boomers were all about cocaine, hanging out, drinking, doing LSD, the 60s. They're all, they're all part of that uh, junk. The, the, the Mercedes without the top on it, you know, that looked like the flat uh-huh. top. They're doing coke that's flying out of their face. So we always knew what boomers were. We always knew that when we grew up, we had to take care of the earth. And we didn't, I got to be honest, we didn't do much with it. We didn't do much with our things. I mean, Lindsey Graham is pretty much a, a part of, a part of like the perspective to me as, as, a, as a gen, even though he's a boomer, he, to me, he's part of the gen X perspective where it's like, they didn't do much. And when they could, they just changed their face and made it into somebody else and blamed somebody else. Like, the, the, It'll you know, be like on the millennials new... and Gen Z, yeah. Yeah, the millennials are the problem. It's not millennials are not the problem. They're fixing the problems. I mean, you can see <laughs> the, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? The clothing that you're making are fixing the problems of the Harvey Weinstein's of this earth, where you're empowering women to become women and become powerful people and give them powerful suits and what have you. And it's these other people that are really kind of pushing people down. But we're getting a little political there. So, so I, I, can't, I can't stand that stuff. I, I'll be honest with you. But, you know, how do you feel about being part of the political mainframe right these days? Because you are. Um, as a company, you mean? As a company, I mean, dressing some, some of the women out there that are part of the political mainframe. Yeah, I think um, we're – we consider ourselves nonpartisan. I think it's strange. Like we're in really interesting times where being pro-female seems to become a partisan issue, which is crazy. That's strange, isn't it? It's crazy. It's like actually yeah. crazy. And so we, yeah. we do dress individuals on both sides of the aisle, but um, we've definitely dressed more iconic individuals on one side. Right. But um, for us, it's, it's really about dressing, dressing women and men. If, if the time comes, but dressing women who 
really stand for what we believe in um, in terms of equality, in terms of, um, you know, solving for gender inequality. So I, I, You're I right. see it more as that, but. No, we live yeah. we live in very polarized times. I, you know, and, and I am more of a conservative. I would love to see more people come to, more on the Republican side come to your your center and, and dress themselves. It, it's such a shame that people think that it's partisan these days. When, as a matter of fact, people are just trying to get along. People are trying, just trying to be happy. They're just trying to have good good lives, and the politics somehow separates us. Yeah, I, I think that's been an intentional um divide that's happened more acutely more recently unfortunately and i think you know all the studies show that we actually all have a ton of overlap in terms of what our goals are we have a lot of shared you know shared beliefs and values and so um i think megan i think megan mccain would look beautiful in your clothing by the way i mean i'm a huge megan mccain fan (laughs) Yeah, I she love her. The color. Oh, she would kill. I watched the view like a crazy person, but I'm, 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 it, a, I'm a, uh, go ahead. It's Huntsman. It's uh Huntsman. That's not on anymore. Right. Not, not yeah. McCain. No, yeah. no. McCain's on. Huntsman got off because her, her, her uh, uncle's Dad. running for governor and she, she got oh, off the show in order to, to run. Yeah. She, she got off the show in order to, to help him run for that thing. And hopefully she'll come back. But yeah, Abby Huntsman was was a really great host, and I think she would look fantastic in her clothing. But I think you know uh, Megan McCain is on right now, so they only have the four on right now. But Megan would look great in your clothing. I would. She's the she's the staunch Republican on that show, uh, so she would. Yeah. Look, I, I think she would look amazing in your clothing. Yeah, I she she would. I agree with that. <laughs> So what did it feel like to, to to see some of these like like Aquafina who just you know won a lot of awards for she she won I believe she won a Golden Globe I believe she won a Spirit Awards award as well as uh, well how do you, how how do you feel when these people who are kind of out of the mainframe they they come into your center get your clothing and they come on and then all of a sudden they become popular does that does that make you happy is that does it bring gratification to your company. Uh, yeah, I, I think as cheesy as it, <laughs> as it is, it makes you feel like honored that they decided yeah. to wear you and your clothing. Um, but right. I, it's, it's probably just the most public version of, of why we exist and, and, you know, what we do best, which is create really eye catching looks that give you confidence that people react to. And so for Aquafina, one of the most iconic suits she wore of ours is actually that pink suit we were talking about earlier, and she wore it on the cover of Time Out magazine. And for us, like, she embodies the brand. She uh, doesn't take things too seriously. She uses humor to attack, like, bigger issues. Um, she's confident. She's outspoken. Right. She's successful. Like, she's everything that we really want to encourage and elevate. So uh, I think it's just it's it's just the most public form of, of – like us doing what we do, you know? Right. She, she is a very powerful woman. I mean, when you, when you're talking about the new players in the world, me, me being Japanese myself is having somebody coming out there being, a little, you know, face front showing their culture and then wearing these bright colors was really wonderful. It's really yeah. wonderful to yeah. see. Yeah. So you, yeah. you dressed Amy Poehler as well. 
Did you, did yes. you, let me ask you a question before we get to that. Did you did you like Parks and Recs? <laughs> Again, not my show. I don't know why. I didn't. I don't <laughs> not like it. It's not. It's not like a good place. Maybe the good place I'd say I actually don't like. But Parks and Rec, I just never like. It, it was at a time where I wasn't consuming that much content. So. Are you serious? Come on. I know. I, I know. <laughs> You're killing me I here. I love everyone on Parks and Rec, um, and I like like the bits and pieces that I've seen. I just it wasn't my show. You're killing me, a, man. You're killing me. I'm sorry. Like, this is the second the office, show in a row. That's the second show in a row. <laughs> so you don't like the you, so you, the good place was not there for you, and you know no. I'll, I'll be honest. I saw the first episode of Parks and Rec and I hated it. And then really? I can yeah I hated its guts. I mean it was like an ex girlfriend. I hated its guts. Yeah. And then I watched maybe four episodes later on, and I started falling in love with it. I saw even even Chris Pratt. I hated Chris Pratt, hated his <laughs> guts. And after the first season, I'm like, you know what? That guy's funny. You know that guy's funny. I mean, the show's fantastic. That I will admit. Like if I watched if I watched it, I would like it. It just didn't it didn't coincide with me consuming. <laughs> now I feel like I'm up on everything. <laughs> really? What's your? Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite show on right now? Oh God, we're we're doing like a lot of one-offs. I feel like like watch the well, Taylor Swift documentary. You're, watch the you're, Aaron you're Hernandez. You're right now, and you and you have a yeah. you have a two-year-old two-year-old son, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the free time so, is like hard to come by. Hard to come by. So so you watch a Taylor Swift uh, documentary. Uh huh. We watched Aaron Hernandez. We're Aaron Hernandez. Like Millions. McMillions on HBO about the McDonald's scandal, the Monopoly scandal. That's a great one, by the way. That's a great one. Succession might be my favorite show that's on right now. Succession? Really? Come on. That's like the best show ever. You're you're killing me, lady. (laughs) So good. Um, We're watching Schitt's Creek, which is like a little more lighthearted. Yeah, Schitt's Creek. We're watching The Americans. The Americans is a great I, show. I Go just ahead. started yesterday. I don't know if I'll watch ten seasons of it, but I just started Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, Curb Your Enthusiasm! It, wow, now that show is <laughs> is without a doubt an obscure show. I mean, it's so it, good. It, yeah, it's hard for me to say if you'll like that show, but that show is so amazing. I, I would love. I think I'll like it. I would love to tell you a couple episodes of that show that would make you laugh, but I, it's so vulgar that I, I cannot say that on the radio right now. But yeah, that is no, one of the I, funniest I like that, shows like, I've ever humor. seen in my life. Dry, really? dry humor is like my favorite, favorite. favorite. I love The have you, Office. Have, like you, the seen, office have you seen good. Veep? Yeah, Veep's amazing. Oh, yeah. Then you like Veep. Yeah, Veep's yeah, when great. She, when she cusses, it makes my heart like palpitate every single time. I mean, I mean, it, she's so she's so good. She's I'm not hilarious. Sure about this movie she's got coming out with Will Ferrell, but I'll see it because I love them both. <laughs> you mean when he grabs a cell phone and goes for a run, and she sits there and waits yeah, for her like, children to die? Like, so <laughs> awful. I'm like, they just must be unpaid so much just to do this, but I'll see it. <laughs> you know what? I would hope that I would do the same thing, and I would like to see the result. That's that's a that's a kind of a horrible situation to be in. Yeah. What would you What would you do if your if your husband like went off with his cell phone and you had to stay with the kids? Would you accept it? I don't think that would happen. So <laughs> you don't think that would happen? Don't Neither did they. I mean, That's why they I made a movie. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm exempt from having to answer this because it wouldn't happen. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know it's 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 movie time for those situations. I mean, most people would like just run over and take their kids. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> it's it's all a little too like fantasy world for me, but that's okay. So you started off this this company with with not a, not a lot of money, about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Am I correct? Uh huh. Uh huh. And, and how, how did that go about? So you, you you just left Cisco. You went straight to this company with one hundred fifty grand. You started this company off, and how, how did that go along right from the very beginning? Was there a lot of fear? Was a lot of trepidation, or or was it just go get them? Probably more go get them. Um, I mean you kind of black out all the memories of like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to like pay for this? Or am I going to be able to raise money? This, that, and the other, like I definitely went through all of that and it's very challenging, but you almost have to just like cling on to the like one in 10 good news. to all your like bad news, you know? Right. So, um, I don't know. I just, I always saw this as an opportunity to, and this ties back to what I said earlier, but, um, to get an experience that I wouldn't have otherwise had that I would learn from and I would grow from. And the outcome really kind of was beside the point. Like if I felt like if in two years, like this doesn't work out or in one year or six months or whatever it is, like I will have learned something. I would have grown. Then I can always get back to. You put a time frame in front of your face and you still did what you did. Yeah. That, that That's amazing to me because most people would have been like, this is the end. This is it. I'm going to put my entire face forward. But you actually put a time frame on yourself, and you were still successful. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know that I timed out. I just didn't have any fear of, like, failure, you know? Oh. Really? You're still in yeah. your 30s then. Wow. You're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when you hit your forties, that 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 ends pretty damn fast, you know. <laughs> not, not that you're afraid, Maybe but you're a little bit, uh-huh. the, the the answers come out a little different. You're like, uh, yeah, you know, I I thought it could happen, but mm, you know, there was a question of whether it could not happen, and I started stealing toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, no, that <laughs> that never happened. Never happened. No, no stealing of the toilet paper for you, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> so 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 you started the, you started the company. When, when was the first upbring from your relationship that that kind of brought the company to the, to the next level? Who was the first person who brought something or bought something from you that you went like, okay, we're on the right track? In 2016, our first day in business, we actually went to a women's conference in San Jose, and we were like unpacking clothing from. Um, from the factory, like I hadn't even seen production quality pieces yet. And we popped up for a day and we sold, it was like in between 25 and $30,000 in one day. And that was when I was like, Oh, this is something. Right. So that was day one. Wow. Um, Yeah. So I think from there and like, I've always just gone on the confidence of like my gut and the fact that I'm the customer, et cetera. So I think that coupled with, okay, this isn't just like a me and my friends and my consumer research. This is like real women opening their wallets and like having zero history with the brand whatsoever and buying the product strictly based on how good it is. So that was, that was it. So Sally, your gut is awesome. 
Your instincts are are, are, are awesome. We'll see. I've made we'll mistakes. See. For we'll sure. see. But yeah, of course you. you have. Who hasn't made mistakes? But you know, I, I think your I think your your success has uh, outweighed any mistakes you've made thus far. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Know? you. I mean, that's the goal, right? It's like you don't fatally mess right. up at any point. So every every oh. failure is small and, and recoverable. Yeah, you, you want five. You want five steps forward, two steps back at all times. Yeah, that, that means yep. you always have progress. It, it, w- were there any stars that you were looking for forward to or forward to to wear your clothing that you felt like can propel your clothing to the next level? Because we, we we both know that a public eye on clothing will really kind of bring your your stuff to a new level. So were you trying to signal to people or to anyone that you wanted them to wear their clothing to breathe that level? Uh, well, if we're being honest, I want everyone to wear our clothing. So right. Let's <laughs> be honest. All professional women. So sure. Um, so I think for for us, it's more about just dressing women and continue to like grow our impact and grow our network. It's it's more about that. I think in terms right. of like high profile, I think that things have changed so much and things become so saturated that for us it's it's more a goal of like authenticity and whoever's wearing it to like authentically connect with the brand like Hillary Clinton doesn't just shouldn't just wear it once like she wears it every season she has you know more pieces than a number of our customers like she really loves what we're building so I think it's more about like seeking out individuals that align so much with our mission and like identify so much with our product and become actual like evangelists and supporters versus like one-off appearances, you know? So, and Amy right. Kohler falls in that category as well. Alcafina falls in that category. Like all every, anyone who's wearing Arjun, I have a relationship with, you know? So right. are there women that we want to be dressing? Like, absolutely. But it's at all levels and it's not just these like high profile women. And I think, I think the high profile women add to like our credibility um, right. But they're not like our make or break per se. So it's your accessibility is what you're looking for. Your accessibility to your client and your clients coming in is is it what you're looking for? Um, I I think just like authenticity more than anything. So like right there it's it's a real like influencer and the influencer model is a really strange thing. And I think that we operate a little bit outside of that because our influencer is actually just a working woman and like that's a huge you know, that's women in Hollywood as well as women in politics, as well as women in tech, women in consulting and banking and this, that, and the other. Um, and then like niche, niche industries within that, like there's just so, there's so much opportunity there. And uh, we don't really fall into like your t- typical influencer model. And I think that one's become really messy. And I feel fortunate that we don't have to deal with it with like, you know, paid sponsorship and paid ads and this, that, and the other. Right. So we're more focused on just establishing connections from a brand perspective with women who recognize the fact that like we are bringing a product to a really underserved market. They're part of that market and they want to support us and evangelize. So that's, that's more our focus. Uh, Let me ask you a question. How how did your family feel when you went from these huge companies that were kind of out of the fashion industry and then you went back and went, not, not that they would have any kind of, you know, you know, backlash, but, how did you feel going back and saying to your mom, hey, I'm going to start this company called Argent, and I'm going to be the CEO, and I'm going to do this? Was there any kind of pushback? Was there any kind of conversation, or how was it like? Oh, they're always supportive. So I, they just assume that what, like, whatever makes me happy makes them happy. So 
Right. They always just listen and support. <laughs> that's really sweet. Well, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's not really it's not really a very good story, but that's really the extent of it, to be honest. Sure. I mean, I mean, I mean, I. I know I'm asking these questions and they seem very simple. I mean, they seem very simple to you and they seem very like, oh, well, they were very supportive. But th- that's not the most common. Have you, have you ever listened to my show? That's not the most common answer I get, by the way. <laughs> so the, the common just, I mean, answer. <laughs> Go ahead. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just, I think like for them, it's like I'm married. I'm on my own. I'm, I'm yeah. older now. I can take care of myself. Like I, I'm an adult. I can do what I want. And they're going to support. You know, me, it's you interesting. Know? Even even the women I talk to who are incredibly powerful, and and they've got children, and they got this, and they've got that. When I ask them about their parents, I, we get that. They, we we do get that kind of trepidation, that little kind of question, that little. We get that little bit of ip. But, you know, it really depends on who the family is, what you've done in your life. And like I said, you know, you started off very differently than the way the way that you ended up. And that's a really an amazing concept because, uh, you know, it's very easy to trust a person like you who's been very trustworthy in numbers along the way. Because when you look at your, your like numbers, like where you went to college, where you went to school, the companies you've worked with, all those numbers just make sense. They make sense to trust. They make sense to believe in this person. It makes sense to like listen to this person if they have a perspective. So it just it just makes sense. But for some people, <laughs> I think that, the, yeah. Good, good. Oh, I'm just I'm stubborn and I'm going to do what I want. So they know that and they've always been supportive. Ah, that's what I wanted so. to hear. That's what I wanted to hear. I'm just stubborn I mean, and I'm going to do it. They're supportive, though, too. It doesn't take away yeah. from the fact they're supportive. I think they do inherently trust me because I've had success with, like, everything I've no, done. No, but, but you're stubborn and you like to do what you I'm do, also, and I want, I, I want to hear that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm for sure going to do I think everyone should. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, if, 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 like, if there was some girl, like, just right now, I mean, we have 1,200 listeners right now listening right now. So we have 1,200 people listening right now, and there's some girl from – North or South Carolina, who is huh. his name Sally with one eye, who is looking forward to like starting her career in either academia or in politics or in fashion. What would you say to her? Uh, you know, with the, with the life experience that you have, well, how would you tell her to like live her? How would she like live her life? How she how she begin her life? I mean, I think that this. You know, it's consistent with what I've said, but it really is about growth and about challenging yourself and about following what feels right and following your gut. So, I mean, I know the stories where it's like you follow a really like prescriptive path because that just seems like what you're supposed to do. And um, that's never been the case for me. I just always put myself in situations where I'm learning in some capacity. And if I'm not, I get out of there as fast as I can. Uh, And I think that's like the biggest, the biggest thing is like not... There's actually studies that show that, like, non-linear paths keep you innovative, keep you challenging the status quo, keep you disruptive. And those are all really, like, you know, looked favorably upon, I would say. Right, right. So I think it's really about just following your own path and being comfortable and confident in that and recognizing that, like, yeah, I mean, I said that I've never failed, but, like, I do fail. I've definitely failed. You know, I've, like, had failure throughout my career. It's just a matter of, like, how how you treat it and how you grow from it and, like, where you take it so right right 
Do you think failure is important in order to grow, or do you think it's just a misstep? I don't know. It's so hard to answer that for me because I really don't see failure the way other people do. Like, I'm technically How, how do you see failure? I just don't really see it. Like, I, I just feel like it happens, and then I just, like, I don't know. If, some, if there's some sort of setback, I just figure out whatever needs to happen next. So right. I don't know. I just wow. don't dwell on it, maybe. I don't spend sure. a lot of time thinking about it. Absolutely. So you just move on from that. So, so I guess is, so. Do you, do you ever suffer from any kind of like like momentary depression or anything like that, or do you just like move on from that period and go, no, this is just learning period, and we need to move on from this? Oh yeah, they call it the trough of sorrow in the startup world. Right. Every entrepreneur goes through it. You have like periods, like bouts of depression, essentially. Right. Um, I'm naturally like a very optimistic, very happy person. Have been my whole life. Like I've always just like I've always just ticked. Like I've seen. Like, what is it, glass half full? Um, sure. You know, I'm just that person. So I I think that I've probably, it's probably, it comes easier to me to stay in, like, a positive headspace. But that said, like, I've had moments of, like, <laughs> like nothing <laughs> else could go wrong, you know? And so uh, in those times, like, you just have to know what your outlets are and make sure that you're taking care of yourself and, like, sure. that everything that you are isn't tied to, like, your work. Right. I think the reason that I'm able to, like, navigate work so smoothly is because I have such a solid foundation in family and in myself. Absolutely. Hey, you have a solid foundation of your mindset as well. I mean, you, you definitely know what yeah. you want and what you don't want. Yeah. Do you want your, so, yeah, do you know I'm what you want? Yeah, i into the trough. Oh, you definitely have. <laughs> yeah, everyone has. I, mean, I had an entrepreneur once tell me that she was like holed up in a room for three days, like watching Netflix, which is like totally common. Like that's not atypical. Right. Um, right. And she's very successful. Like I, everyone's been through. I'm sure Jeff Bezos has been through it, or like Steve Jobs <laughs> has certainly been through it. You know, Mark Zuckerberg. We've all been through it. I'm pretty sure they've stayed in their room and watched like Netflix for three days, without a doubt. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so you you've gone through all these experiences. You 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 went to school. You you went. You didn't go to fashion school. But you created this company here. Now, now, when you created the company, did you did you make a mindset of which designers you wanted, or did, were designers already in your mindset to begin with with Argent? Uh, so I am not the designer at all. I know and that. I think yes. Given my yeah yeah no, your question shows that you know that. But I, I a lot of times people assume that like I came in with like a really sharp perspective and point of view of what I wanted. I think I just right. like was acutely aware of the fact that there was a gap. And um, and hired hmm. a team of designers to like fulfill, for fulfill the vision and like bring it to a place that I could never have envisioned. If that makes sense. So you created, but I you, know you, what, you built a team behind you. Uh huh. Yeah. Incre- incredible. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just it's it's more about me sharing like here are my frustrations, here are the gaps, here's the competitive landscape, here's what the current offering looks like. Go like go just be creative and then let's talk about it and that's right. still a really iterative process so like we'll look at the designs for upcoming seasons and like i'm responsible sometimes for killing them sometimes i'm responsible for really small buys and pieces that i'm like this won't be successful it's most successful so i'm not always right but right um you really have to have trust in that relationship because they're not the consumer but they're also like it, it 
pushing me beyond what I ever thought this consumer would be, would embrace, you know? So right. it's just about trust and like having a really talented team that's bringing the vision to a whole other level than I ever could have anticipated. Did you, did you, did you have a mindset or did you, would you wanted more women than men or did you wanted more, more, more men than women mm-hmm. or did you just anybody? Yeah. Whoever, whoever is the right fit. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, we've had we've had females and male designers. Yeah, and hmm. employees. Yeah, I would never have thought that. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought it would have been mostly mostly females because when I look at your clothing, it it, it definitely fits women, like women of yeah. today. And my experience, like I told you before, with, with men a lot of times is that they want to fit women into like stuff that doesn't fit, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. So that, that's one of the reasons why I left fashion when I was very young was that I was very, very, it was very dystopian for me where I was, yeah, I, I went to fashion school in 1991, 1990. Huh. And I, rem, I remember it was very much like if you can't fit in a size zero or a one or a two, you're, you're fat. Yeah. And, and I could not handle that perspective because most women fit in a size four, six, eight, nine. So I think the average size now is like 16, 18 Yeah, it, in the it, it, it didn't make any sense to me at all. And I would get the attitude of like, well, if you can't fit in a size four, then you're fat. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go into movies, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go into, I'm going to go into yeah. script writing. I, you know, I'm going to go into my other skills because I, because obviously I'm not, I don't have enough fortitude for this. I don't have the fight back for this. And I, I'm not going to fight for this because this is not an industry that I, I definitely want to fight for. So, did you find any of those difficulties coming into the fashion? Uh, no, I find it hard to believe that you did, but did you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's some industry norms that people point to that really drive me crazy. It's like that, like, oh, that's just how it's done. Like, okay, well, right. we're like, no, thank you. You know, like we don't, yeah, we don't do the typical fashion things, if you will. Like, we don't do, we don't participate in um, fashion week. We don't subscribe to like a lot of the mindsets that I think a lot of these that are just ingrained in like a lot of these companies and designers and um, for us it's it's about a really specific consumer a really specific goal right. and uh, and pushing our vendors where we need to right well you have some of the greatest people right now some of the greatest minds right now some of the greatest voices right now wearing your clothing it's all beautiful. It's all wonderful. It's 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 everything we ever wanted. What do you, what do you want next for your company? I right now like we're in a period of growth and and high growth and so um I think for me like our ultimate our ultimate goal really is like gender equality and I know that's crazy and that's lofty but I see us being the workwear authority and like, and us having a very sizable footprint and right. for women to come to us for resources and tools to help them navigate the workplace right. and to continue having like real impact and just broaden that impact. Right. So, you know, like that's, that's sort of the future of Arjun. Like in terms of our immediate next year, it's about acquisition, awareness and impact. So, right just and being able to navigate that successfully and like grow our team and our infrastructure to support it. Sure. May, may, may I tell you what, what I would wish for your company? 
Sure. You know, I, I see everybody I love on this list of people who wear your clothing, and every single one of them is a, 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 I'm a huge fan of. Every single person. What I don't see are any, like, conservatives, like, like we were talking earlier. I would really love to see, I would really love the conservative fan base out there to really see your clothing and start wearing your clothing. I would like to see more people out there that are more conservative Republicans to wear your clothing. I would like to see both sides wearing your clothing. I I don't think, I don't think one side owns fashion. I think both sides really see fashion the same way and they want to, they want to look very similar because it's beautiful. I like to see that more in your company and that's not your fault. But it's more in the perspective of how people perceive information. Go ahead. Well, I just I think that there are fewer high-profile conservative women right now there that are. align with our values. So I agree. It's, so I, I think it's more like there there's a shortage of options. I know. Um, but we have we definitely <laughs> dress we de- we definitely dress like we dress women all walks of life like yeah hundred percent. It's just um, it's just the fact that. Well, we talk about high, we, high we, we talk about yeah. polarization and what have you, and and I don't want somebody out there thinking just because you know you're dressing Kamala Harris that you can't dress, you know, you know, Abby Huntsman and what have you, or, yeah. or, or uh, Megan McCain who would love your clothing and would look fantabulous in your clothing. Yeah, you know what I mean. A really great example. Yeah, totally. She's, yeah, I mean she would she would love your clothing and she would wear it all. A time, I watch. I watch her and I listen to her like a crazy person, and I know for a fact she would love your stuff. But you're right; there are there is not a gigantic amount of representation on the conservative side anymore. Um, you know, I mean, if you've owned a business, you understand the conservative perspective. If you've never owned a business, you don't. You're pretty much always going to be like a Democrat or a liberal. But if you if you've owned a business, you understand not one side is the best. Would you agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, I, it'll be too, it, it'll get too political. So I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm going to opt down on this one. <laughs> okay, so it's one of those. It's just one of those things. So what what are you working on on now for any kind of uh, Netflix shows? You're working on Netflix shows right now. We do. We have a couple. I'm not able to disclose yet. They're not out yet. But Grace and Frankie, we have a like relationship that goes back years. So that one I could share. We've got one. I'm super excited about um it's working on season two right now that we make so much sense for um, oh that's great uh, i'm trying to think netflix we, we work on some abc shows uh but netflix specific um uh, just those two i think right now hmm are you just moving around from that point on um we, like moving for, forward uh, from that we, point on like moving on to other shows and not that you can disclose, but you're moving on to other shows as well, right? Yeah, we um, we have a lot of relationships that we've been super for, like fortunate to cultivate out here. Um, so yeah, we'll continue. It feels like like a lot of the costume designers that we have worked with have worked across different shows that we've worked on. Um, they have passed this along to other costume designers. So yeah, there are a handful that are in the pipeline right now that I'm excited about. Oh, I'm so happy for you and your company. And I'm, Thank I, you. 
I'm so proud of you. So, so if we ha- we want to keep in touch with you, if we want to keep in touch with Argent, are there are there emails? Are, are there are there texts? Are there any kind of Instagram place we can go find like Argent? The, yeah, I feel like Instagram's the best, um, okay. which is just at Argent. Okay. And then um, is, is are you guys live on Facebook at all? Twitter as well. We are on Facebook. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, you, our website is argentwork.com. Nice. Um, you can email us at get at argentwork.com. But our, and, and, I feel like Instagram Instagram's the fail face. Sure. And, and what are there any particular times that you come out with new fashion, new clothing lines? There yeah, time we've frame. actually changed the way – yeah, we've changed the way we've done that. So we generally release new product every four to eight weeks now. We used to do like two sizable collections over the course of a year and then realized that that made no sense and we were just following the norms of like the fashion world for reasons that make sense. Um, but now for us, it makes a lot more sense to just drop new product and sort of smooth out like our production, smooth out the amount of work that is like our team is shouldering. So every four, six weeks, eight weeks. Hmm. That's the cadence. That's it's awesome. kind of what we want, because we can. <laughs> <laughs> keep on getting people in there. Yeah, yeah, and keep giving newness, and keep um, we just keep people on their toes. We're all, we're so proud of you. I mean, we watch your work. We watch we watch your clothes. I, I mean, I, I I've watched every interview that you've done so far, and, and read every interview, and I'm I'm, I'm very proud and happy. Not that I'm anybody that should be, but I'm very proud Thank and you. happy for you uh, and for your Thank success. You. you know, Thank it, you for is, having is, me on. This has been fun. I really appreciate the support. I mean, this is what it's all about, which I think people don't realize is like it, in a start in a startup environment. Like, and we're a little bit further along now, or maybe not. I don't know how you want to quantify it, but we've been in business now for four years. Um, we rely on every single person like we rely on everyone everything is so significant to us everything's so meaningful to us uh and i cannot articulate like how how much that means right like really really small gestures mean a ton for us you know it's like it's you our lifeblood it's what keeps us going so i know how you feel i mean i this is my your your episode one of season eight of my show so i've, I've had the yeah. show for eight years now and the, to have you on is incredibly special and unique and means a lot to me and it, 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 it only elevates our show to the next level. And I can't thank you enough for being on. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing where, you know, I'm a big fan of supporting people who are great supporters of other people. And I, I can't, yeah, I can't, you know what I mean? And for a person like yourself, yeah. who's, who's incredibly powerful. I mean, you're an incredibly powerful woman who's gone through so many experiences has run so like Johnson and Johnson. You run so many companies out there, done so many things. Your, your husband ran Apple, am I right? Or at least a perspective yeah, of Apple, I, right? I don't think I don't think either of us ran either. Uh, but we were both <laughs> we were both employees at both. But he did a he he did a. I mean, I, I understand his job. He did a big part in Apple before. So it's it's, it's one of those things that you, you guys are very strong personalities. 
and for you guys to put yourselves yeah. out there is very sweet. It's not very common. A lot of people like to hide their personalities so they're not shown as being phonies or for whatever they are. But, but it's very obvious you guys are very true and very clean and very clear on your perspectives of what you desire. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for having me on. This has been really fun. I didn't realize that I'm episode one. That's exciting. Season eight. Yeah. Season yeah, eight, episode one. I, yeah. I, I was weird. I was very I was very nervous to have you on because like you said at the very beginning of the episode, that's where you said that's very LA. And I'm like, oh crap. That's exactly what I thought <laughs> in my brain. I was like, oh crap. Like you said the one thing I didn't want you to say. It's like, oh my God. Wow, I sound LA, don't I? Like I was just try- I was just trying to find every avenue I could to talk to you and, and, and find it a, a different way to get the information out of you other than the other conversations I've heard you give. Because with the other conversations yeah. I've heard yeah. you give, it was about business and numbers and other people talking about themselves. And I didn't I didn't want to yeah. do that. I wanted to talk purely about you and your experiences and what you went through and how do you feel. I don't, I don't. Yeah, we definitely about... touched on things I don't know that I've talked about much. So it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on here today. So we saw Sally Christensen. I, I, I said it right the first time. Sally Christensen, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you again for having me. This was fun. Okay. God bless. Have a great day and, and have a, I hope you had a great Valentine's Day. And thank good you. fortune with you and your family in the future. Thanks so much, Steve. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, Sally. Bye. Well, that was Sally Christensen on right now for Cinephiles Radio. It was a very interesting conversation, wasn't it? Very much out of my wheelhouse, boys and girls. Uh, she was a CEO of a, of a company called Argent. Um, we're used to talking to producers, directors, writers, um, singers, these kind of things. And uh, I tried something new today. I think we saw me break out of my uh, comfort zone. And I did my best. I, I hope that's good enough for you guys. Uh, I loved having Sally on today. She was an amazing guest. Gave us answers that we would not have otherwise gotten. Some answers that are status quo, but I think we got to the heart of it. Great person, great personality, great family. We're talking about an extremely strong woman. This woman is extremely strong. She worked for Johnson and Johnson. I mean, she worked for a lot of companies. I mean, I can keep on going down the list, but I'd rather you just know that she worked for Johnson and Johnson and Cisco. I mean, those are the two huge companies that you'll know about. I ain't calling you dumb. I'm just saying these are simple numbers, boys and girls. So proud of her. And Arjun is such a wonderful company. 
Well, Sally, thank you so much for sharing your information with us. Sally Christensen was, was on today sharing her information on Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining me on this, I suppose we call it Valentine's Weekend. Bless you all and keep on listening. And I'll see you next weekend on Cinema Files Radio. Have a great weekend. <laughs>